What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors Podcast. And today's episode, we are back to hormonal nutrition. We're covering the second hormone. Not last week, but the previous week we covered insulin. And this chapter, which is chapter four in the book, covers adiponectin. So, chapter four, here we go. Adiponectin is a protein hormone that is made by fatty tissue. Ironically, though, the higher the percentage of body fat you have, the less adiponectin you produce. Due to this inverse relationship, low adiponectin levels are associated with weight gain, obesity, cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, and diabetes. So what does adiponectin do exactly? Well, it is responsible for a few things. First, it reduces triglyceride content in muscle tissue. High triglyceride content interferes with the muscle's ability to pull glucose, sugar, into the cell, which results in resistance to insulin. So adiponectin levels directly affect insulin sensitivity, which is directly related to obesity and diabetes. Secondly, adiponectin increases the amount of stored fat that your body can use for fuel. More adiponectin means there are fewer restrictions on what can be used for fuel. To sum it up, adiponectin increases insulin sensitivity, which increases the amount of stored fat you can use for fuel and therefore improves body composition and muscle efficiency. How do you increase adiponectin? Well, you may do it the traditional way. You can go on a generic calorie restriction diet. That will probably not work in the long run since most people can't stick to a long-term calorie restriction diet. And exercise. But here's the million-dollar question. Do adiponectin levels increase so you lose weight, or does losing weight increase adiponectin levels? The research is not exactly clear. We know there's an increase in adiponectin levels when weight loss occurs, which is associated with improved insulin function and a reduction in inflammation. However, some research suggests that there is a minimum necessary threshold that must be lost, 5-10% to weight loss, for a significant increase in adiponectin levels. Recently, research has been conducted to see if diets that cause weight loss can affect adiponectin levels. The studies that examine generic calorie restriction diets for weight loss showed mixed results for adiponectin level changes. So, just reducing the number of calories in your diet may not be enough. And looking at things from this perspective, it appears that adiponectin levels need to increase to lose fat and reduce risk factors. The adiponectin levels cannot go up until body weight is reduced. What comes first? Significant weight loss or significant adiponectin level increases? If you're, address- if you're addressing the issue from this traditional perspective, I don't know what happens first. But I can tell you there's a better way to look at this issue. Yes, I've got good news for you. There are things that you can add and remove in your diet that will increase adiponectin levels and thus lead to more significant losses in body fat. First, Due to the mixed results from the weight loss diet research, new research looked into whether low-carb and low-fat diets would affect adiponectin levels. The findings from studies like this have shown that diets that are low in carbohydrate content show higher increases in adiponectin levels, especially when compared to diets that are low in fat content. Some research shows that low-fat diets can have no effect on adiponectin levels even if the diet results in 5% uh, body weight loss. So, low-fat diets may be counterproductive for increasing adiponectin levels. 
and thus less ideal for maintainable fat loss and preventing insulin resistance and cardiovascular disease. What else increases adiponectin levels besides exercise and low-carbohydrate diets? Glad you asked. Omega-3 supplementation, fiber supplementation, specific antioxidants, monounsaturated fatty acids, and magnesium supplementation have all been shown to increase adiponectin levels. Let's talk about omega-3s. Fish oil and omega-3 supplements are a huge fad right now, but for a good reason. A review of research on omega-3s and adiponectin found that eating fish daily or taking an omega-3 supplement daily can increase adiponectin levels 14 to 60%. If you're not taking a high-quality omega-3 supplement yet, I encourage you to get on it. I've used Flameout, which is made by Biotest, or Functional O3, made by Original Nutritionals, and been pleased with both. Fiber may be the most underrated supplement on the market. A review of research on fiber supplementation found an increase of 60 to 115% in adiponectin levels. I hope that fires you up because I think data like that is really exciting. Some specific antioxidants like curcumin, raspberry ketones, and cyanidin 3 glucoside or C3G are effective are effective at increasing adiponectin as well. Raspberry ketones are found in raspberries in supplement form and have been shown to increase the amount of adiponectin produced and released from fat cells. C3G is found in blueberries and also been shown to increase the production and availability of adiponectin. Curcumin is found in turmeric and can not only reduce inflammation in fat cells, but can also increase adiponectin levels. The body has a hard time absorbing curcumin by itself, but research has shown that combining it with pepperine, found in black pepper, or olive oil, increases the body's ability to use it. Types of fat typically considered good for the heart, monounsaturated fatty acids, such as those found in avocados, nuts, olives, and sesame oils, have been shown to increase adiponectin levels when these fats take the place of saturated fat in the diet. Lastly, increasing dietary magnesium is associated with increases in adiponectin levels. Eating more magnesium-rich foods or magnesium supplementation have both been shown to be effective at increasing adiponectin levels. The Cedars-Sinai Medical Center put together a great resource list of specific foods and their magnesium content. The list can be viewed by googling magnesium-rich food Cedars-Sinai. So, bottom line, to increase adiponectin levels, exercise consistently. Reduce the amount of carbs in your diet if you're also trying to lose weight. Supplement daily with high-quality omega-3 capsules or oil or eat cold water fish every day. Supplement daily with high-quality fiber or eat a lot of fiber-rich food. Supplement daily with a high-quality antioxidant blend, specifically containing uh, raspberries, blueberries, things like that. Supplement daily with curcumin or add turmeric to your food along with pepperine or olive oil to help boost the bioavailability. Increase the amount of monounsaturated fatty acids fatty acids in your diet and uh, or just replace them with uh, other not so healthy fats and supplement daily with high quality magnesium or eat more magnesium rich foods alright y'all short chapter this week um, thanks for listening I got a little bit of feedback from uh, a couple people in my running group so uh, thanks for the shout out there I appreciate y'all watching slash listening to the podcast 
and um, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to read to you. Um, but yeah, that's it, y'all. I've got uh, some guests coming up, some high school cross-country coaches. Um, we'll get a return guest to talk about uh, sport nutrition pyramid, which uh, kind of develops a hierarchy of what's the most important um, with a previous guest, and uh, hopefully we'll get that in the works very soon. But um, that's basically it for today. So thanks, y'all, for watching and listening, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Adios.